0: Locked On Blackhawks, your daily podcast on the Chicago Blackhawks. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome in to the Locked On Blackhawks podcast, your daily podcast on the Chicago Blackhawks. Today is Wednesday, January 26th. I'm your host, Jack Bushman. You can find me out on Twitter at Jack Bushman2, or you could also go and check out my Strictly Blackhawks account at Talk and Hockey for all the latest Blackhawks news and updates. And if you like what you're listening to today, then please be sure to go and follow the podcast. You can also go and leave me a review if you want to as well. It'll only take a quick couple of seconds. It'll help me out tremendously. And it's all for free wherever you may be listening to your podcast, whether that be through Apple Podcasts odyssey spotify google Podcasts, etc it's all for free and if you go and follow the show right now then you'll be able to get the latest episode as soon as it comes out each day all right good afternoon everyone And as always, thank you for tuning in to another episode of Lockdown Blackhawks and for making the show your first listen here to start your day. On the show today, folks, I'll be getting into a full preview of the Blackhawks' original six matchup with their former rival Detroit Red Wings at Little Caesars Arena later this evening. I'll also go over what Elliot Friedman had to say in his 32 Thoughts column about Blackhawks goaltender Marc-Andre Fleury, as well as some other whispers that are currently surrounding the team. And then to finish things up on the show today will be part five of my Blackhawks mid-season prospect rankings. All that and plenty more right here on Lockdown Blackhawks. To open things up today, though, folks. Let's start off by talking about the matchup tonight between the Chicago Blackhawks and the Detroit Red Wings. As I mentioned, this game will be played in Detroit. It's the second and final meeting between these two teams this season, and uh, we're looking at a 6.38 start time with Detroit, obviously, being in the Eastern time zone. Uh, And the game is also going to be broadcasted on TNT, which I am super excited about. I think the NHL on TNT has been really well done so far for the most part this year. Uh, Biz and Wayne Gretzky have been just an unreal combination. Uh, Anson Carter, I think, has been a good add. Uh, Rick Tockett. Former NHL coach is part of it as well. They got a good mesh going on. Leo McHugh's kind of the man in the middle, settling up, down all the commotion. Um, but it's been a lot of fun so far. I'm excited for all the pregame and, and intermission stuff that they're going to provide. But I'm also definitely super excited for this original six showdown between the Blackhawks and the Red Wings. Even though we're no longer in the same conference, which is actually such a tragedy, Um you know, I still always want to beat these guys just as bad, especially considering how, uh, the, especially considering just the relationship that I've built with Scotty Bentley and uh, Nolan Bianchi from Lockdown Red Wings. That's probably been my chirpiest relationship uh, that I've made with any of the other Lockdown hosts so far in my time doing this show. Uh, Nolan no longer is the host of Lockdown Red Wings anymore. Brian Fisher is now doing it, co-hosting with Scotty Bentley. Brian's also a great guy. Um but yeah, I I know there's gonna be some trash talk going on between the two shows tonight. So I definitely want to uh definitely want the Hawks to beat the snot out of the wings if possible. And while the Hawks are currently, yes, in the midst of a four-game losing streak, they did play pretty well overall against the top team in the NHL on Monday in the Colorado Avalanche, especially coming in a hostile environment like Ball Arena where the Avs have now won 16 consecutive games. The Hawks put up a pretty decent fight for the most part in that one. Um, And taking a look at Detroit, it's been a struggle on their end as of late as well. Uh, Aside from the back-to-back wins that they managed to pick up against the lowly Buffalo Sabres, the Wings have only won one other time so far here in the month of January, and that came all the way back on the 4th against the San Jose Sharks. So um, against teams not named the Buffalo Sabres, it's been rough sledding here for the Red Wings. Detroit is 1-5-3 and three this month against every other team not named the Buffalo Sabres. So um, if the Blackhawks can go out and put together another effort like they did on Monday— there's a good chance that they can put their losing skid to a halt here tonight against a slumping Wings team. And taking a look at these two teams statistically, uh, they both are kind of similar in a lot of ways, which is funny. Both teams right now are a good chunk back in the standings. Detroit trails the final playoff spot out east by 8 points. They're actually uh, the first team out but are 8 points back. Um, while the Hawks find themselves nine points back of a playoff spot at the moment, but they have a plethora of teams ahead of them, unlike the Red Wings. Top to bottom, the West is much more of a dogfight than the East. Um, really the East is just kind of the top heavy eight, nine teams there, and then it kind of falls off a cliff really. Um, but also when looking at these two teams, they really don't have any areas in particular that they excel in. The Hawks are ranked 30th in the NHL with 2.29 goals per game, as I've talked about a bunch. The offense has really killed this team, especially when Fleury has been able to uh, bail them out and keep them close. But Detroit, they they rank 24th with 2.67 goals per game. Neither of these teams exactly thrive on the offensive end. And then in terms of defense... The Hawks are 22nd in the NHL with 3.24 goals allowed per game, and then the Wings are next right after them at 23rd with 3.29 goals allowed per game, so uh, neither of these teams also um, are known for their defensive abilities as well, and then the special teams units aren't great for either side either. Um, The Hawks rank 19th on the power play, which, honestly, um, caught me by surprise a little bit. That feels a little bit generous for the amount of times they've struggled to get anything set up at all. Um, but the on the other end, the Red Wings are ranked 29th on the man advantage. So they certainly know about the struggles on the power play far too well themselves. And then in terms of the penalty kill, things kind of flip-flop. Detroit is 19th, which is funny because the Hawks were 19th on the power play. And then the Blackhawks, are 26 on the penalty kill, and that's really been an Achilles heel for this team recently. So um, it's just kind of funny how it's a little uh, flip-flopped for these two teams in terms of the majority of these stats. That pretty much tells me we're likely to have a close game on our hands here tonight, folks, if I had to guess. And hopefully <laughs> it will be a lot closer than uh, the opening game of the season between these teams. you got to go way back to October 24th for the first meeting. But in that game, the Red Wings won handedly by a score of 6-3, to led by a hat-trick from rookie phenom Lucas Raymond, which I'll probably never hear the end of from Nolan or Scotty. Um, but I- I'm really not going to look too much into that first meeting between the Hawks and the Wings because that was in the midst of the Blackhawks' embarrassing 0-7-2 stretch to open up the regular season. And Jeremy Colliton was the one who was still calling the shots from behind the bench at that point. So it uh, doesn't really mean a whole lot, heading into tonight, at least in my opinion. But taking a look now at the Blackhawks' projected lineup for this contest, they just finished up their morning skate not all that long ago. I'm actually going to check my phone here. Yep, as I expected. We're not—we didn't see any line rushes at the morning skate, but we're not going to see any lineup changes. When I was prepping the show, I actually had had written that I'd be surprised— to see Derrick King change up anything in their lineup, and he now just talked to the media literally a minute ago. I just got the push notification from Scott Powers uh, that Derrick King, in fact, is not going to be making any changes to the lineup, and I also wouldn't expect him to make any changes to the forward lines or the defensive pairings. Uh, He's gone with the same group for back-to-back games now, and both of those have come against top teams in the league, and the Hawks have found a way to be right there in both of them. I know they don't have much to show for it, only one point, but uh, they were competitive against a couple of the best teams in the whole league, so uh, I wouldn't expect any changes coming in the in terms of line combinations or the defensive pairings here either. Uh, that would mean Hagelstrom and Kane serving as the top line, of course, and then Alex Dobrinkit, Jonathan Taze, and top six Sam Lafferty. As the second line, I'm really interested to see uh, if Lafferty is going to be able to build off that strong showing that he had on Monday versus the Avalanche. The third line of Kurashev, Doc, and Kubelik, they actually played horribly in that game on Monday, but I do expect they're going to be together once again here tonight because the fourth line of Henrik Borgstrom, Ryan Carpenter, and Mackenzie Enwistle was phenomenal for the second straight game, and they chipped in, of course, for two goals from Borgie on Saturday night against the Wild. so it's just hard to see Kinger breaking up that trio after the recent success they've been able to find. And then on defense, the only, um, you know, I doubt we're going to see any changes. I've been calling for Wyatt Kalanick uh, to get an opportunity in there for Caleb Jones, but Caleb actually did play a pretty decent game In the limited ice time that he got on Monday versus Colorado, so um, we officially now know we're not going to be seeing Wyatt Kalnick hop into the Hawks lineup, and I don't expect we're going to see any changes between the pairings either. And then Mark Andre Fleury also has been confirmed to be back in the net for the Blackhawks tonight. Not a real surprise here with Kevin Lankinen getting placed on injured reserve recently, and Arvid Soderblom now serving as the backup for the Hawks. Uh, And with this being, you know kind of a a do or die stretch really. I I fully expect Mark Andre Fleury to be getting the start probably each game before we hit the NHL All-Star break at the start of Feb- of February because um no doubt about it. Fleury's the guy who's been able to keep the Hawks in games more times than not when he's gotten the start. So, um they really have no choice but to ride him here throughout uh, this crucial point of the season, which has already arrived. All right, there is a preview of the Blackhawks' lineup tonight versus Detroit. Coming up in just a minute, I'll go over a couple of key victories for the Hawks, plus a quick update on Marc-Andre Fleury trade whispers. But first, I need to talk to you all about Built Bar, which is a protein bar that tastes just like a candy bar. It's the New Year, so that means New Year's resolutions. And if yours is about getting fit or even eating healthier, then make sure you include a Bill Bar in your plan because right now you can get the best of both worlds, delicious and healthy. And so many flavors you'll have a hard time choosing. Where you go with raspberry or mint brownie, coconut almond or double chocolate, cookies and cream, or peanut butter brownie, either way that you choose, Bill Bar makes it easier for you to stick to your resolutions because they taste so good, you'll actually want to eat them, unlike some other protein bars, which can be chalky or waxy or even taste like a chemical spill. And even if you're not a fan of working out, you can at least eat something healthy that also tastes good and is good for you. That way, when you enjoy a delicious Bill Bar, you can almost count it as a workout. And for a limited time offer, go to BiltBar.com right now, use the promo code LOCKED15, and you'll get 15% off your next order. That's BillBar.com with the promo code LOCKED15. That's one word, LOCKED, in all caps, followed by the number 15 to get 15% off your next Bilt Bar order. Welcome back to Lockdown Blackhawks. I'm your host, Jack Bushman. Getting into segment two now on the show today, I also wanted to be sure to go over a couple of keys to victory for the Blackhawks tonight against the Red Wings. First, per usual for the Hawks, they just gotta be ready to play right from the opening puck drop. It's cost them far too many times this season, and they've been outscored 46-24 to 24 in the first period this season. So on the road here tonight, I think it's really crucial to set the tone early and to get that first goal. It doesn't happen nearly enough from this team, but when it does, I really feel like it already eliminates the possibility of a stinker and, you know, potentially losing like four or five to one or something like that. We've seen a handful of those losses here so far this season. Um... So, I think it's really key that early on the Hawks take advantage of a struggling Wings team and score that first goal to take the opening lead. I think that's going to go a long way in the Hawks putting an end to this losing streak here tonight. The second key they can't get outgunned by the Red Wings Stars. Last game, the first meeting between these two teams, Lucas Raymond, the rookie Phenom, netted a hat trick. Obviously, the Hawks got to be a little bit more keyed in on him. I'm sure they learned their lesson from last time. Um, but more importantly than that, even, I think Tyler Bertuzzi and Dylan Larkin, those two guys do a ton of the work for this Red Wings offense. They're point-per-game guys this year. Um, and I think, you know, it's really key for the Hawks, for Alex it Patrick Kane, and even Jonathan Taze. I'll throw him in that category, too. They need to outduel Bertuzzi. Larkin and those high-end guys for the Red Wings here tonight because uh, with these two teams both kind of struggling to score goals this year, I really do believe whichever team's star players have the better game, I think that's going to win this game here tonight in Detroit. And my third and final key for this contest, the penalty kill cannot hold the Blackhawks back. And I know on Monday in that game against the Avs, the power play goal they surrendered was a little bit of a bad break. The puck just barely snuck over the goal line, and it was really just a shot through traffic from Kadri. Um, but by giving up that power play goal, I really felt like that's what swung momentum in Colorado's favor for the rest of the way. And um, after, you know, giving up that goal, the Blackhawks really didn't look the same, particularly in the second half of that contest. So the Hawks penalty kill cannot afford to do that again here tonight, especially facing off against a poor Red Wings power play. I think if the Hawks can keep Detroit off the board while they're shorthanded, there's a pretty good chance that Marc-Andre Fleury is going to find a way to uh, come up with most of the shots that he sees at even strength. And speaking of Marc-Andre Fleury, I also definitely had to mention the recent statement that was made by Elliot Friedman of TSN in his 32 Thoughts column that he posted yesterday. Friedman said that we need to start realizing there's a possibility that Marc-Andre Fleury could become a member of the Washington Capitals of all teams after being a member of the Pittsburgh Penguins for a decade and being a huge part of Sidney Crosby having success over Alex Ovechkin in the early portions of their careers. Ovi could never get over the hump until he finally did and then, of course, finally got the Stanley Cup in his possession. But that would be crazy for Flurry to go to Washington. But apparently, uh, they're kicking the tires on a goaltender right now. And uh, with the build of that team, they're not getting any younger in terms of their superstars. They do have good young pieces. But the core of that team, they're not getting any younger. So this just has the makeup of a team that I feel like would be going, that would wanting to be going all in. And uh, with Flurry only being a one-year rental or half a year rental, the Capitals wouldn't really have to worry about how he'd fit in long-term financially, because, which is good for this team because Washington is right there up against uh, the cap. <clears throat> Excuse me. So the only really worry that they would have, I believe, would be how are they going to make it work under the cap limit right now. But I'm sure the Hawks would be willing to retain a hefty chunk of Fleury's salary if the Caps would be willing to part ways with their first-round pick this year. You scratch our back, we'll scratch yours, Washington. Of course, Flurry's gonna have his say in wherever he wants to go or whatever his decision may be. Um, but if he does want a chance to win another Stanley Cup, the Capitals seem like a pretty good spot to be in. The Eastern Conference is going to be on, be tough. There's no doubt about it. But uh, if they're able to add a netminder like Flurry to their roster, that would be you know, that would definitely put them right in the thick of things, Not if not at the top with all the experience they have. Um, so we'll see, you know, what happens here in these next few weeks, but the trade rumors surrounding Flower only have continued to pick up as of late. All right, there are some updates on the Marc-Andre Fleury trade situation coming up in just a moment. It's time for part five of my Blackhawks midseason prospect rankings. But first, I need to talk to you all about BetOnline.ag. BetOnline has you covered all season long on more props, odds, and lines than ever before. As football season in the NFL, maybe just the best weekend of playoff football I've ever seen, they now are marching towards the conference championships. And BetOnline remains your number one spot for all the sports action here in 2022. Head on over to our new updated desktop or mobile website to sign up today. And you'll receive a 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. You just got to use our exclusive promo code that's locked on, one word in all caps, to receive your bonus. From basketball, football, NHL, boxing and UFC right to your favorite Vegas casino games don't wait to take advantage of all the amazing offers available for the 2022 season bet online is the fastest and easiest way to bet on all your favorite sports sign up today and you'll receive a 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit you just got to use our exclusive promo code locked that's one word in all caps to receive your bonus bet online your online sportsbook experts All right, we're back here on Lockdown Blackhawks, moving on into segment three. Before I let you all go, enjoy the rest of your days. It's time for part five of my Blackhawks mid-season prospect rankings. Again, if you want to hear about the first five names of my list that I unveiled as well as all my honorable mentions, then be sure to go and check out segment three in each episode dating back to last Wednesday because I've gone in-depth on each player that has been a part of my ranking so far, as well as the honorable mentions. So, before part five today, if you're not all caught up and not up to date, then I definitely recommend first going back and listening to the final segment from all of those episodes. But for those of you who are caught up, first, just as a quick reminder for who's already been unveiled. Alex Vlasic kicked things off at number 10. Jakob Galvis came in at number 9. Alec Regula then was number 8. 2021 second-round pick Colton Doc came in at number 7. Wyatt Kaiser was number 6. And then to kick off the top 5 yesterday came goaltender Drew Camesso, who's actually going to be part of Team USA for the upcoming Beijing Winter Olympics. That's going to be a phenomenal opportunity for the Hawks' young netminder. And now, coming in at number four on my Blackhawks midseason prospect rankings, we have another goaltender in 22-year-old Arvid Soderblom, who, as I mentioned earlier, is currently serving as the backup for the Blackhawks right now with Kevin Langanen on injured reserve. Uh, But we actually got to see Soderblom in two games earlier this month when the Hawks were down both Lankinen and Fleury, which was an actual nightmare come true. But in his first NHL start, Soderblom surprised a lot of folks. He hung in there, made several big time stops early on in that game. The numbers don't look great. Um... But the Hawks, overall, you know, you can't really blame the young kid in his first NHL start there. But he more so than the numbers, not really all that important. He just didn't seem to be bothered by nerves or anything in that big moment for him coming at such a young age. I don't even think Soderblom himself expected to be stepping onto the NHL scene this season. Um, But it was awesome to see, you know, such a young kid handle that moment well. He seemed calm. And collected and that which is always great, and, and you know, for only having a handful of games so far in his first year with the Ice Hogs at the AHL level, I think that makes it all the more impressive. Like this kid, basically, just got over here from overseas and is already seeing some. Was forced into seeing some NHL action, uh, but that kind of rapid progression from Soderblom shouldn't really come as much of a surprise because he he really. Did the same thing in his time over in Sweden these past couple of seasons. He rose through the rankings being 20 and 21, which is what you want to see from someone who's trying to make the jump over to the next level. And then because of that, he really became uh, one of the most sought-after netminders from over in Europe this past summer. And then the Blackhawks did a good job of gobbling him up. And so far with the Ice Hogs, um, despite kind of having a rotation of defenders in front of them, right? The Ice Hogs are just trying to get all their young blue liners experience at this point. Um, But despite that fact, and despite the Hawks are getting, or the Hawks, the Ice Hogs are getting regularly outshot is something I've noticed. They're getting kind of controlled. For the most part, which isn't all that surprising with a young roster, but Soderblom has been a rock in net to keep them in a lot of games. And um, aside from Lucas Reichel, he might be the team MVP right now. Um, so this this could turn out to be one heck of a find again by the Blackhawks European European scouting department. They always seem to do such a good job of evaluating talent from over there. I'm not sure, you know. I'm not gonna say Soderblom is a lock to be the goalie of the future for the Blackhawks, but, um, you know, there's a couple of guys in that conversation right now, but with, with Soderblom only being 22 years old and with the impression he's made here so far, you certainly can't rule that it's out of the cards by any means at this point, and that's why I have him coming in at number four on my Blackhawks midseason prospect rankings. Coming in at number three now, folks, I'm not gonna lie to you, the top three, really isn't going to be much of a surprise. But coming in at number three, I have 2018 first-round pick defenseman Nicholas Bodan, who has certainly not made the leap the Hawks were hoping for here in his third, NA, third professional season so far. Um, but Bodan, <clears throat> he's still only 22 years old. And one thing I think about with him in particular, I think with the lack of size that he has, he's only five foot eleven, but like 175 pounds. I think he needs a little bit more time than some other guys in order to figure out how he's going to have success defensively. Because he's never going to be, you know, a physically imposing defender. He's never going to be bodying guys out of position along the boards and in front of the net. And because of that, he needs to learn how to have success in his own zone despite that fact. There have been plenty of guys that don't have size that can figure out a way to get it done. But for Bodan in particular, I think it's just taking him a little bit longer than some people had hoped, which isn't the worst thing in the world. You know, sometimes everyone develops differently. Don't forget Duncan Keith, two-time Norris Trophy winner, three-time Stanley Cup champion, gold medalist, Hall of Famer, you name it, he's done it. He had two full years down in the minors before he became what he did. Now, I'm not comparing Duncan Keith to Nicholas Bodan, but all I'm saying here is things can take a little bit longer for some guys. Not everyone is ready to hop into the NHL at 21 years old and be a superstar. And that's kind of the problem I have with people calling Kirby Doc a bust. You're calling a kid who just turned 21 years old a bust? I can't believe that. If anything, we should be supporting this kid. That's how it goes here in Chicago. But for Bo Dan in particular, you know, it has been a struggle down with the Ice Hogs this season, surely not the progression that we were hopeful for. He's only got eight points so far in his first 27 games, and he's also been a healthy scratch from time to time down there. Um, but why I have him coming in at number three is because I do think he has all the tools to make it work. I do think he has the speed. It's not high-end speed, but he's swift. He's got He's smart with his feet. His puck-moving ability is good. His offensive instincts are some of his best attributes, and he also reads the game well as a whole. He's patient, and he's also confident in his abilities, and I actually read in uh, Scott Wheeler's prospect rankings that sometimes that's what actually bites Bodan in the butt is when he just should make the simple play, but instead he's too confident in himself, and um, tries to do a little bit too much sometimes, um, but I think he has everything he needs to in order to be able to to sharpen things up and make it work. It's just a matter of kind of finding ways to piece it all together at this point, and another reason why I have him coming in at number three, let's face it, there just aren't a lot of players with high-end abilities in the Blackhawks prospect pool right now. So a guy like Bo Dan, to me, still comes in at number three because of that higher ceiling that he does possess if he's able to become an NHL regular one day down the road for the Chicago Blackhawks. All right, ladies and gentlemen, I think that will wrap up Wednesday, January 26th episode of Lockdown Blackhawks. Thank you again for tuning into the show, and be sure to go and follow the Lockdown Blackhawks podcast for free right now on your favorite podcast app, and you can get the latest episode as soon as it comes out each day. And after the show, be sure to go and check out the Lockdown Bets podcast, which is hosted by your boy Q and handicapping expert Lee Sterling. You can get daily picks, blowout specials, wrong team favorite picks, and even Lee Sterling's lock of the day by just simply following the Lockdown Bets podcast. It's free and available on all platforms, so be sure to check it out right now wherever you get your podcasts. Once again, thank you for tuning into today's episode. I'm your host Jack Bushman. You can catch me on Twitter at my personal account at Jack Bushman Two, or you can also check out my Strictly Blackhawks account at Talkin Hockey for all the latest Blackhawks news and updates. And for any questions at all regarding anything related to the Blackhawks or the show, feel free to email lockdownblackhawks at gmail.com. You can also hit me on any one of my Twitter accounts, or you can call 708-653-0572 to leave a voicemail. So until tomorrow's episode, thanks again for listening to the Lockdown Blackhawks podcast, part of the Lockdown Podcast Network, your team every day.